real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric V. Addison's. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and Jay Macron tap to help us navigate the show. Um, Before we get into um, the thick of the content for today, we want to make several announcements and keep in front of you what's going on here at the American Family Association and allow for an opportunity um, if you would choose it to Mm -hmm. participate. Mm -hmm. We have, of course, a Marriage Family Life Conference happening July 6th through the 8th. Uh, that'll be here in Tupelo, Mississippi. Go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net, and make sure you get your tickets. You still can. like so. And we want to see you there. It's a great, yes, great absolutely. event. Man, the Lord has met us each and every year. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and, and, man, it's just a, a tremendous blessing. As, and as we're putting it together, you know, it just it gets more and more exciting, you mm-hmm. know, um, just expecting God to move. And so, of course, there's the Youth Apologetics track, uh, for ages 4 to 17, so for your children as well. Uh, there will be some ministry happening there. It won't just be juice and crackers. <laughs> no they way. They may get some of that, but it won't just be That's that. That's right. right. That's exactly right. Yeah, we <laughs> have some right. great um, teachers who are going to be teaching uh, just apologetics and things like that. So Marriage Family Life Conference, uh, go to marriagefamilylife.net. And while you're there, you can also check out AFA at the Ark. Mm. AFA at the Ark Encounter. So October 26th and 27th, uh, you can uh, join us uh, to go to the Ark. And at, we're also going to have some different things we're going to be doing at the hotels, um, some, some speaking, some panels. Just thing. at the one. Yeah, just at the one hotel. The one hotel, said, the said, Marriott. I, I said S, hotels, right? No, but, just one. One, yes. <laughs> one hotel. But it's just the time to join us, join the Addisons, join the, uh, the, the Wildmans, uh, just for just a good time, a fellowship, and also just breaking bread together and, and uh, ministry, but also yeah. to check out the ARC. Uh, Ken Ham is going to do a presentation there. Uh, uh, Brian uh, Osborne, he will That's also right. do a presentation. It's, and if you haven't been to the ARC, it's a great time to go. Go with us. Come with us. You Yay. know, uh, it'll, it'll be <laughs> awesome. You know, we're going to have the, the, the caravan, you know, the, the, the uh, say caravans. The buses that That's we're going right. to ride together. We're going to yes. ride together. So you don't have so. to worry about parking. We we are going. But we're to, going to ride together. It's going to be an entire experience. Yeah. yeah. So some people that just made them decide no. <laughs> no, it's going to be fun. There's some people who were on the fence and they were like on a bus with the Addisons and, and their children <laughs> from the hotel to the Ark. You know, <laughs> it's just thirty minutes. Yeah. So we're going to be on on the, on the buses together, man. You know, talking, fellowshipping, and all that. So I, I just, writing worship music together. I'm yeah. just kidding. That's we're not <laughs> super gloomy. Super nah. gloomy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just going to be a great time. And so, yeah. if you want more information about that, uh, go to marriagefamilylife.net. Click on the events tab, and you'll see both events 
there. So we we hope that uh, you would join us. Space is limited because of the yes. way um, we're trying to facilitate this particular event. Uh, yeah. Event the space is limited, and so once the spaces uh, fill up, then we close down the registration because we wanted to uh, have a more of an intimate setting, uh, not only for the mini conference but the presentation from Ken Ham and Brian Osborne. Just and then of course we're all we're living in in, in you know together right and so we wanted to be able to have a space that was sufficient for all of that so i'm really looking forward to it it's the first time that we've done anything like this and um hopefully it won't be the last but you really determine that if 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 it meets your need and you say hey we want to do it then then we'll continue to do it same way with mfl by the way Mm -hmm. uh first few times we did it was just a test run do people want to come to tupelo mississippi and oh my goodness you responded overwhelmingly and said yes and and you've been doing that ever ever since so yes so we'll just see how it all goes. You can learn more by going to marriagefamilylife.net, by the way, marriagefamilylife.net. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we will see you at one of these events mm-hmm. this year. Maybe both. Maybe both. Hey, <laughs> I've heard of a family that's, that's possibly doing, doing that. Doing yeah. both? Okay. Yeah. Well, let hey, the I mean, Lord hey. minister to hey. you. You know? Yes. Very good. All right. That's <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. All right. So there's so much in the headlines. Um, mm. My goodness. And I had this entire... Um, direction that I wanted to go in. But one of our dear sisters, Dawn, shout out to her, um, sent me an article last night. And um, I really appreciated getting this article. I because I'm familiar with Rosaria Butterfield. I've listened to many of her Mm. presentations. Actually, I have uh, sent directly her books to to um, one individual in particular, but I've recommended her books repeatedly. Um, Rosaria Butterfield, for some of our listeners who may not be familiar with her, Uh, She has an incredible testimony of coming to faith in Christ in 1999. She was a liberal feminist lesbian, Mm -hmm. and she was a uh, professor of English at Syracuse University. And the Lord got a hold to her through (laughs) hospitality. And her her testimony is incredibly powerful. If you ever do a search on her and just kind of go down the rabbit hole of videos of her presentations, um, she's a, she's an excellent communicator, very mild mannered, um, just very pointed in her communication and her testimony is so powerful, of of, you know, Christ's love extended to her mm-hmm. and being winsome mm-hmm. and, and all of what I'm sharing with you is important to what I'm going to start off the program talking about, but just, that's a part of her testimony being one to the Lord, the persistence of those who ministered to her, the, the pastor who ministered to her. And and so a lot of what has characterized her writing and what has characterized her communication has been being winsome and returning hospitality to the church. I think one of her one of her books is The Gospel Comes with a House Key or something like that. And she talks about these practical things that we just miss about being Christians. Mm. And we're often looking at, okay, what can we do in the world? But her thing is like, open your home. Like hmm. open the doors of your home and yeah. and be salt and light to people who live like next door. You know, let them see you living uh, for the glory of God. It's very it's profound, but it's it's I think something that's too often overlooked. So yeah. anyway, um, Rosaria Butter- Butterfield is on the. She speaks a lot. She's an author. She's a homeschooling mom. She is married to a reformed Presbyterian pastor. And um, they live in North Carolina. Well, she is known, especially if people keep up with um, the influencers. And I hate to say it that way because it almost diminishes what people do. But leadership is influence. Yeah. 
So people like to claim to be leaders, right? But they have influence over no one. They just, they have a title, right? And so <laughs> you go ahead with that. Um, but leadership is influence. I think it was Maxwell who said that if one thinks that he's leading, but no one is following him, he's just taking a walk, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it's it's people who are listening to what you're saying and you are having some kind of impact on their life and they're taking heed to what you say. And this is, this is, these are the marks of what it is to be a leader and to be an influencer, And Rosaria Butterfield is an influencer. She is. And I don't want that to sound like a YouTuber. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want that to sound like, oh, she's just, you know. No, she has the ear of people who are respected in evangelical circles and people who would attend conferences where she's presenting. And part of the reason she has the ear of people is because of the impact of her testimony. Yeah. being one to the Lord, leaving a lesbian lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, leaving this lifestyle and truly doing a 180, repenting and turning away from her sin and turning to Christ. And so it's just been, you know, she's by, I would say rightfully, she has the ear of many, many people. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you have heard us say on this program many times that to practice what is called because you know we're good in this culture today's age always trying to like you know coin phrases and things like that but we have decried the teaching and even the use of Mm -hmm. people's preferred pronouns right practicing what has been called pronoun hospitality and i heard that first from a pastor yes we did and we covered (laughs) it on this program when it came out what we and, and I know and, and people got upset because they said, well, you're taking what he said out of context. Like, you don't need a whole lot of context when a person says if if a person is transgendered or believing himself or herself to be a, a person of the opposite gender. I'm going to I'm going to practice pronoun hospitality and get to know that person. So meaning I'm going to use the person's preferred pronouns. We have said um, almost nonstop on this program that that is sin. Right. That it is, number one, it's a lie. It's a lie. You are openly engaging in a lie, um, and it shows no care or regard for the person's eternity. We've said that many, many times. Well, the big news headline is this article from Rosaria Butterfield where she is repenting of using so-called transgender pronouns, using the preferred pronouns of transgender individuals, those who believe themselves to be transgender. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons I want to talk about this is not because I believe we haven't talked about it, but because Rosaria Butterfield does something that an English major can do very well, right? Which, which is write these salient points and also direct a call to action at a specific group. So I'm really um, encouraged by her her open repentance and i'm encouraged that she doesn't pretend like she did not exist as a part of a collective of people who have been practicing this using people's preferred pronouns Mm -hmm. and one of the things that she does and what she has recently written here and you can find her her open confession or her I, I don't know call it an op-ed repentance. her repentance is what it is this is family business yeah. really and so i wanted to lead with this but you can go to reformation21.org and you can read it for yourself i'm going to read a good a- amount of it because i think not only is it well written but she identifies some specific groups which we've already kind of named these groups before but i there were some people on here that i also was not aware of and so anyway um but she calls them out and says that she's she repents and then she issues sort of like this, you know, who's going to join me? 
<laughs> these people that I've been operating with, like we all know who we are. Like who's going to join me? I was wrong. This was sin and I repent. And and basically I repent publicly because I sinned publicly. I mean, she, this yeah. is, this is by the book folks. This is by the book and I'm, I'm really grateful for it. So let me just jump into it. Um, all right. So a civil war erupted, she writes, a civil war erupted uh, within broad evangelicalism and the idol of LGBTQ plus is dividing the house. This issue is personal, political and spiritual for me. In 1998, I became one of the first crop of so-called tenured radicals in American universities, proudly touting my lesbian lesbian street cred. In 1999, Christ called me to repentance and belief, and I became a despised defector of the LGBTQ plus movement. But progressive sanctification came slowly, and I have failed many times during these past decades. After I've learned lessons, I have earnestly tried to course correct, and that's the problem. My use of transgendered pronouns was not a mistake. It was sin. Public sin requires public repentance, not course correction. I have publicly sinned on the issue of transgender pronouns, which I have carelessly used in books and articles. I have publicly sinned by advocating for the use of transgender pronouns in interviews and public Q&As. Why did I do this? I have a bunch of lame and, she says, backside covering excuses. <laughs> here, here are a few. I was a, it was a carryover from my gay activist days. I wanted to meet everyone where they were and do nothing to provoke insult. <laughs> when the Supreme Court decided in favor of gay marriage, the danger of my position started to come into focus. The codification of gay marriage and LGBTQ plus civil rights launched a collision course between LGBTQ plus and the Christian faith. The LGBTQ plus movement's understanding of itself as ontological and morally good conflicts with the biblical account of Genesis 127. Which is it? Which side was I on? Is LGBTQ plus a normal option in the ever expanding menu of sexual orientation and gender identity, needing a little Jesus to aid human flourishing? Or does LGBTQ plus come from Satan as a reflection of the world, the flesh and the devil? Is it part of God's creational design or rebellion against the creation ordinance? It's one or the other because the Christian faith is inherently binary, not non-binary. And getting this wrong is not a matter of personal liberty. Oh, she just strikes on all of the arguments here. <laughs> so then she asks, how is using transgender pronouns sinful? You might ask. Using transgender pronouns is a sin against the ninth commandment and encourages people to sin against the tenth commandment. Using transgender pronouns is a sin against the creation ordinance. Using transgender pronouns is a sin against image bearing. Using transgendered pronouns discourages a believer's progressive sanctification and falsifies the gospel. Using transgendered pronouns cheapens redemption and it tramples on the blood of Christ. And I got to leave it there. We go to the break and we'll pick up right here when we come back. Stay close. It was always my words promise i'll put you first now i know it's true yeah it was always it was always you 
Thank you so much for listening to Airing the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you allowing us to spend this time with you. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And as we are messengers, always you. Before we went to the break, we got into um, Rosaria Butterfield's letter where she is publicly repenting for um, practicing what has been called pronoun hospitality. I, I'm really humbled to read this letter. I got to tell you, you know, so often we're looking at the headlines and we're just like, man, this is horrible. Yeah. This is horrible. Let us <laughs> warn the body of Christ. Right. But it is, it's a strange kind of feeling when you read this because there's a little bit of sorrow attached to it because you know that there's still a contingent of people who are among us mm-hmm. who believe that it is winsome to lie to mm. people about their delusion. And so there's a it, there's like a twinge of sorrow attached to it. But there there is joy and there is um, hopefulness in the working of the spirit in our lives. And so like what what we're reading here and discussing today and what Rosaria Butterfield has done is she has demonstrated. And I would say not not of her just like, hey, I just I've come to the end of this and I'm going to what she has demonstrated is that the Holy Spirit is still at work in the life of those who love Jesus. <laughs> Amen. He indwells us. And so this is and it's so interesting. I I will say this, too, for every believer. You must have a certain amount of humility in your walk with the Lord, because I just I don't know very many Christians who can walk five, 10, 15 years with the Lord and say, yep, I'm exactly the same way I was when I first met. Mm, That's a problem. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's that's (laughs) That's a a horrible problem. problem. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) red flag. But the truth of Mm. it is, is that the more we know the Lord, the more we grow in our knowledge of God, we are transformed. And so I think what Rosaria Butterfield has done is Mm -hmm. she has invited all of us into that. I mean, because she is a public speaker. I mean, really public speaker. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's a writer. and, And she's got books in circulation. And she is an influencer. She is a voice that people listen to. And and now she is using that voice and she is using her ability, her giftedness as a writer to to say, oh, man, I publicly sinned and I'm going to publicly repent and I'm going to do that through the same means by which I sinned. Right. She's Mm. going to write. And and she does it beautifully. And so we were um, reading this before we went to the break. And if you want to get what happened before the break, you're going to have to catch the podcast. You can always get a podcast of, of the show. Uh, so that you can listen at your leisure. But I just want to jump right back into it. She's going through this list of why using transgendered pronouns is a sin. And I'm Mm -hmm. going to pick up where I left off. Using transgendered pronouns fails to love my neighbor (laughs) as myself. Using transgendered pronouns fails to offer genuine Christian hospitality and instead yields the definition of hospitality to liberal communitarianism, identity politics, and she puts in quotes, human flourishing. (laughs) <laughs> we have a great friend um, and you guys know him. Uh, he hosts a little show here <laughs> called the Hamilton corner is you may have heard of it. Um, but it, it's so funny because we were talking a while back and, and he just said, Oh, I hate human flourishing. Like, it's like, it's one of those, <laughs> one of those terms that it gets so overused. Right. And, and, and it's human flourishing in and of itself. It's not bad. But the way that it has been used, it has been turned into this soft approach to sin, you know, or this we must have care for the person above all else. Right. Because we want people to flourish. Right. As if telling people the truth about sin stops their flourishing. But anyway, it's interesting to me that she puts it in quotes. So getting back to the article or the piece here. Rosaria Butterfield. Using transgendered pronouns isn't a sin because the times have changed. 
and therefore using transgendered pronouns isn't sinful today, but a morally acceptable option in 2012. Sin is sin. The Bible defines this as sin. Sin does not lose its evil because of our good intentions Mm. or the personal sensibilities of others. Oh my goodness. Can I just repeat that? Okay. (laughs) Sin does not lose its evil because of our good intentions or the personal sensibilities of others. Changing cultural forces can bring sin into fresh light as the Supreme Court's Obergefell decision did for me. But a renewed focus is no excuse for sin and no dodge for repentance, not for a real Christian. I repent. The broad evangelical church disagrees with how I paint this picture. Now lean in and listen very carefully to this. Psychologist Mark Yarhouse and author Preston Sprinkle summarized the Christian case for transgender pronouns. They believe using transgender pronouns is respectful of someone's chosen identity. Mm. It's kind and courteous and necessary for continuing a relationship with a transgendered person. I once sinfully said all these things too. Mm. But this position makes no Christian sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Does any real Christian believe crafting a relationship on falsehood will give the gospel a better hearing. Will the great, I heard you when I read that line. <laughs> I heard you, I heard you, but the way you said it is like, we really think we're going to win people to truth with lies. <laughs> like we, like when are we going to switch it on and then tell them, Oh, and by the way, mm. you can't really go from male to female. Like, how do we think we're going to do that? But here you go. Enter stage, right? The English major. Okay. <laughs> to say what we were all thinking, yes. but just had that, that skill to be able to say it and, and to write it down. I'm going to repeat it. Does any real Christian believe crafting a relationship on falsehood will give the gospel a better hearing? And is that how people are converted? By meeting God on sin's terms and hearing nice things about themselves? I, I just love her. <laughs> and I did before I had issues, you know what I mean? Like, right. ah, you know, things that feel a little bit soft to me and, and, you know, but, but at the core of what she wrote, certainly before, <laughs> um, the transgender issue kind of came up to the surface and, and began to dominate our conversations. Primarily Rosaria Butterfield was the go-to on homosexuality and how to respond to that. And she was the go-to on hospitality and how we can use God's instructions to us to be hospitable, to show kindness to our neighbor, how we use that to advance the gospel, right? Which, you know, but this in, in recent years here has become such a, a pressing issue that many Christians have fumbled all over themselves trying to take their, um, you know, need to be winsome, which I think is good. I don't mean to downplay that, but we have watered down the truth. And I think it is so refreshing that Rosaria Butterfield is coming out and saying, I did that. And not just saying, um, not just saying I was wrong, but she's saying, I repent. I sinned. Yeah. And that's, that's 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 a great show of humility. Yes. You know, like, uh, and if you want a, a picture of what it means to truly re- repent and, and, you know, I think this is what she's doing is, is an uh, example of that. Yes. You know, uh, she's not holding back and trying to make herself look good, you know, or saying, you know, oh, I was just a little misstep. No, I was wrong That's and right. I repent. And right. even saying how, yeah, there are some uh, who ag- agree with doing that in, the, the, in, in the evangelical circles, <laughs> but man, 
Who they're, else is going to step too. out? Yeah, you got to <laughs> repent too. You know, you got. She is shining a light on. So notice what Rosaria Butterfield is doing, which is 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 so commanding of respect. And and I'll continue on with this, but I just want to say to the point that you're making, it's so commanding of respect because it doesn't leave the door open. Like what she's not considering in herself right now would be any type of future, you know, allegiance or any type of future uh, allies who are on the side of pro- pronoun hospitality. Like she's, she's really, it's sort of like burn the ship. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I'm, we're not, yeah. I'm not going back to that and, and doing it in the strongest of terms, not only repenting and calling it yeah. sin. Yeah. So she's not saying it was a misjudgment. Ah, right. I don't know. I've evolved on this and I've come to see a perspective that maybe right. no, all of that stuff is wishy-washy and, and squishy and still allows for you to ally later. And, the, you know th- what I and mean? the thing about it is the, the people who advocate for that, I feel like they're going to have to like give an answer. Like this oh, is so to. like, look, this is wrong. This is sin <laughs> from somebody yes. who agreed with them at one time. And that, That's you know, right. man, and it's so like oh, pointed that they're going to have to respond and say, oh, they yeah. probably either they're going to dig in or yeah. they're going to be convicted. I mean, she does something incredible. She names names and I'm going to get to that here. She names names in this article and just outright says, will you join me? And the question is not for the next chapter of the hurrah march. It, it <laughs> is, will you repent with me? Mm. I have, I have, I have uh, confessed this sin to the Lord. Mm. I have confessed it publicly you too were my public cohorts in pronoun hospitality practicing. Will you too repent? Mm. She goes on in this piece and she actually references our dear friend, Laura Perry Smoltz and how in Laura's testimony, she talks about her family's failure to use her preferred pronouns Mm. or her changed name. Right. Church didn't do that. And how (laughs) when the Lord called her, when the Lord saved her, she went back to the truth. Mm. Not those who had, you know, tried to make her feel comfortable in the lie that she deep down knew was not true, that she was not a man. She knew she was not a man. Mm. Right. And Mm -hmm. so she references her. So what I'm going to pick up here on the other side of that, she says, Rosaria Butterfield here, quoting transgender pronouns, transgender pronouns are one of the Akins in the camp of broad evangelicalism. Mm-hmm. Yikes. <laughs> I mean... I mean, she, <laughs> she's like... Man, swing, the pen... Like, it's like a pen, sword. It, well, the it pen turned, is mightier. It, it transformed into a sword. Like Yikes. <laughs> the pen is mightier, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and and so here she is, you know, the wow. and if you guys, if you get some time, you know, I don't like to send people on, you know, like dazed out YouTube searches, but if you can watch some of her videos... You will appreciate, if you're not familiar with her already, you will appreciate the tone and the tenor of this because she's not a yeller at all. She looks like she showed up at her presentation with a basket of cookies. Like, (laughs) and and her communication is very much a homeschooling mom. (laughs) Not like me. Don't think like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm a homeschooling mom uh, from New Orleans. Okay. Uh, She's a homeschooling mom from like uh, Wisconsin. Okay, I don't know. You know, um, it, it's don't you know? That's funny. Or is, where, is that? I don't know. Minnesota. That's Minnesota. So anyway, but that's her tone. So so when I'm when we're when when Will the Great and I are laughing about the way she delivers this, it is not that she is abrasive at all. Right. It's just in writing, just the actual straight truth is cutting, <laughs> Ping, like it just slices. All right, yeah. here we go. Transgender pronouns are one of the Akins in the camp of broad evangelicalism. But it shouldn't be an Aiken in the camp of the confessional reformed, mm. of the confessionally reformed. Preston Sprinkle, Mark Yarhouse, David French, 
Revoice. And calling them out. Side B Christianity. <laughs> Yikes. And any parachurch ministry that elevates being winsome as the mm. end game mm. provide useful examples, wait for it, to defy. Mm. They nod in the direction of traditional values, but then swap biblical clarity for postmodern pluralism. Thus burning to the ground any legitimate theological bridge to gospel grace. Oh, my goodness. Is that too much to put on a T-shirt? Is that <laughs> yeah, just too that's, many that's, words? That's, that's a bit much. I mean, for a T-shirt, for a guys, T-shirt. But for this uh, letter here, <laughs> this can, this article, this writing is repentance. No, it's, it's, it's just I'm going right. to I'm going to read that line again. It's this is why right. we don't get through programs with everything, because <laughs> Miki stops too much. But listen, I I am reading it. You're hearing it. I want you to hear it. OK. They nod in the direction of traditional values, but then swap biblical clarity for postmodern pluralism, thus burning to the ground any legitimate theological bridge to gospel grace. Mm. Transgenderism is satanic. We (laughs) who once promoted pronoun hospitality lent false credibility to a wolfish theology Mm. that fails to protect the sheep. Instead, it eats them alive. This is Rosaria Butterfield. Guys, if if you're listening, you can appreciate this if you know who I'm talking about. If you've read any of her books, if you've watched any of her videos, if you've been to any conference where she was speaking, this probably hits home for you more so than if you haven't. She writes, do you love your neighbor? Do you love your Lord? Do you believe that Jesus alone is the way, the truth, and the life? John 14, 6. Does Jesus save us from our sins or do we delegate this task to the priests of the day, the therapists? Mm. Guys, you know, it's, it's the, man. Okay, I'm going to wrap up here. Christians who use the moral lens of LGBTQ plus personhood are not merely a soft presence in the enemy camp. Their malleability makes them pudding in the enemy's hand. They make false converts to a counterfeit gospel that bends the knee to the fictional identity of LGBTQ+. This wolfish theology seeds the moral language to the left by using transgendered pronouns as a moral lens, respect, courtesy, hospitality. They reject the clarity of the word of God and replace it with garbage. By doing so, they have rejected the gospel truth that Jesus is the only way to salvation. And here's how she ends it. We who have promoted this sin need to stand up and repent. I'll start. I repent. May God forgive me. Would anyone like to join me? Oh, my goodness. Now, why is this critical for where we are right now? Because we're in the thick of having a conversation, a national conversation about whether or not we can identify a person who identifies a certain way. In the wake of a heinous crime, the taking of six innocent lives. So in the midst of having this conversation and you couple that with the programs that we did last week where we outright were talking about, man, how are we going to identify people with mental illness? There are people around here talking about gun control laws and they're talking about red flag laws. My question is, but who's going to wave those red flags? Like who, what will trigger those red flags? Hmm. 
if we're talking about mental illness as being one of those signs, one of those triggers that we'll watch for that will be like a red flag or you can't buy a weapon, are we then going to consider those who believe that they are trapped in the wrong body to be mentally ill? That's really the question. Like, are, are, is that gonna, are we going to expand that definition to include that? So in the midst of having that conversation, we are also now blessedly having a conversation that to lie to people about their identity is sin. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Let's let's do it. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Maybe we can run away to a place where there are no chains. Where real love never fades. I wanna go to freedom. I wanna go to freedom. I wanna go, I wanna go to freedom. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll open the phone lines. If you want to comment on anything that you've heard today, you've got questions, you've got concerns, uh, we'll open the phone lines and, and let that get started. I do have more content that I want to get to, but uh, if Will the Great tells me that we've got some people who want to comment on what I've already said, then we'll do that. Uh, welcome back. Well, mm-hmm. let me give the number. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that was Freedom. That was Cam featuring Five. Okay, so while we're getting those uh, phone lines queued up um, to take your comments, this article here is quite uh, disturbing, quite unsettling. You know, we we recognize that there are wolves among us. We recognize that there are people who have been given over to a strong delusion. But again, when you couple what I'm about to share with you with the the stories that we've been covering and the content that we've um, we've produced on this, on this program and talking about mental health, talking about the national media media's um, refusal to discuss the mental health aspect of a person who was quote unquote trans identified. Mm. Um, There was a, and I'm going to use a lot of air quotes. If you're not watching the live stream, which you can do, uh, you won't see it. I'll try to say some of it, but most of it I'm just going to do with my fingers, okay? The air quotes. Uh, A transgender, so-called transgender, so-called pastor. There's a lot of air quotes you have to just (laughs) use, okay? Of a Lutheran church, air quotes around church, um, (laughs) compare the treatment of the Nashville shooter and the transgender community by extension to Jesus being crucified. Mm. Okay. A liberal transgender so-called just put so-called in front of all of it okay people because i'm not gonna be able to get through it so-called transgender past pastor so what we're talking about um is a woman who is presenting herself as a man so this is a woman presenting herself as a man okay um presiding over a lutheran congregation okay a liberal transgender pastor compared Nashville shooter Audrey Hale to Jesus being betrayed and crucified. And according to this Fox News article, this taking place less than a week after Hale murdered six people at a Christian school. Now, we pulled some of the audio from this. Um, do you call it a sermon? I, I don't know. But you just kind of have to hear it for yourself. It's just it, it's, it's amazing that, again, the Christians continue to be victimized in this. The Christians were already victimized. They continue to be victimized now 
by a counterfeit by a wolf in a pulpit that for so many reasons shouldn't be there for so many, many reasons shouldn't be there. Um, But nevertheless is there. And this is what the few people sitting in that church, by the way, they have heaped up for themselves what they want to hear. Right. The Bible tells us this very clearly, but for the few people who decided this is what they wanted to hear, here's what they got. In their recording of Jesus' journey to the cross, the author makes a point of saying that the chief priests and the whole council were looking for false testimony against Jesus so that they might put him to death. Those leaders were looking for any excuse, valid or not, to crucify Jesus. And they found that reason. And that reason was solidified when the crowd shouted to release Barabbas. They had their final excuse. They would kill the one whose reputation as a teacher and healer and whose mission of love and dignity was so very threatening to their own reputation that they needed to kill him in order to preserve their good image. It's baffling to me that someone's existence can be so threatening that people decide they need to be controlled, that they need to have laws made against them, or even worse, that the people that they find to be so threatening should die. There are a significant number of people who have deemed that the fact that the Nashville shooter happened to be a trans person, so it's been reported, is just the excuse they need to call for the eradication of trans folks. Rather than focusing on the fact that we have a serious gun violence problem that continues to go unaddressed, rather than focusing on the fact that six people, six more people are dead, rather than focusing on the fact that those staff and children should have been safe in that school, or focusing on the fact that children do not feel safe in their own schools, rather than focusing on any of this, they have decided they need to cause more harm. Think about that. Like, Mm. I just, that's one of those things where you grab your forehead and you try to, but, but the Bible already tells us what we're observing, Mm -hmm. right? This, this is a person given over to a strong delusion. Now, you know, there, man, there's so many different um, articles that are out even just today and yesterday that you could bring in talking about the instability of those who are trans identified. We've talked some about some of this on this program, right? but there's even more information out. And and I'm going to bring some of that into the conversation. But one of the things that I want to point out that you didn't hear in this clip was that this woman who believes she is a man who believes she is a pastor. (laughs) Okay. Who believes she has the Lord's authority. Okay. Is standing up. And says also this, quote, marginalized folks, those of us with the least amount of privilege and power. They need those who have more privilege and power than they do. Listen to this to physically place their bodies between them and the people, the powers and the institutions that are literally killing them. So so she goes a step further. 
she's not calling for just those allies just to be a voice, to be an advocate. You know, you know, <laughs> she's calling that you put your body between the person who could potentially suffer harm. Do you understand how insensitive and how how reprobate you have to be in the midst of a situation that our nation has all observed? We have all observed what happened in Nashville. You got more information coming out, which, by the way, it's, it's interesting. I was reading an article that was looking at all of the information that that came out about um, what the Nashville shooter had in her possession. Mm-hmm. And and yet and yet they still don't know her motive. That right. that that is befuddling to me. I right. don't understand. Like, wait. So so here here's the article here. The Metropolitan Nashville Police Department recently released a list of 47 items found by officers conducting a search warrant on Audrey Hale's home. Those items reportedly included several journals, several journals, <laughs> a shotgun, cell phones and laptops, as well as folders and journals with notes on firearms courses and school shootings. Police said officers also found a school photo and five yearbooks from the Covenant School. Authorities said Hale had been under a doctor's care for an undisclosed emotional disorder and hid weapons in the family's home, unbeknownst to the suspect's parents. Mm. Now, now what I find, you know, particularly uh, concerning about this is that they have all this information and they're like, we don't really know why she did it. We don't really know. Law enforcement is also working with the FBI's behavioral analysis unit. I'm sorry. Is that message control unit? <laughs> the F- the FBI? I, I just I don't mean to sound like I don't trust them because well, I don't, well, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> right? Like you guys have all of this information, but you don't know why she did what she did. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where are we headed? All right, let's go to uh, Don in Virginia. Hi, Don. Hey, y'all. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Hey, I appreciate y'all what you do, shedding a light in this dying world. Mm. Uh, something that just popped up me today was the hidden agenda behind all the transgender warfare on Christianity. And uh, it comes from deep roots and uh, Luciferianism Hmm. to stimulate a war between atheists and Christians. And it's uh, rooted in Freemasonry. And the author, Albert Pike, in Morals and Dogma, has actually quoted that this is the rule. Their design is to stimulate warfare between those that don't believe in God and those that do so that mm. there's a vacuum left over. So, so uh, Satanists can step in and lead the way as the one world religion thereafter. You mm. know, that's really interesting, Don, that you would say that I'm not familiar with this, these writings that you're speaking of, but I will tell you this uh, reading the Bible and also understanding history. I mean, you think of communism and mm-hmm. you think of Marxism, and it's very similar to what you're describing, right? It's the non-believer um, provoked, if you will, to do battle against the believer yeah. for dominance, yeah. to, to lead, right? And all, all of it on its traje- trajectory mm-hmm. to the one world government, that everyone will submit, 
everyone will go along. Right. Now, I don't know what that means today in real terms as far as this battle is, but we've discussed on this program what it means spiritually. And, and I got to tell you that even as we look at this and if all of the things are true, even as, as you're expressing them and, and maybe the intended outcome of the perpetrators, if, if all of those things are realized, there is one confidence and one hope on the part of the believer that the Lord Jesus has already won. Mm, he has overcome. So everyone in him overcomes. Right. But in, in real time, man, we've got to spiritually actively resist what we see happening in our culture. Amen. We cannot take them at their word. <laughs> any any more i don't know i can't think of a proper analogy i don't know you can't let me just say you can't take them at their word <laughs> you you've got manifestos mm-hmm. you've got journals you've got weapons you've got sketches you've got drawings you've got maps but we don't know what her motive was all right well the great where do we go all right let's go to jerry in texas hi jerry Hey, brother and sister, just a few things, and I'll let y'all go. Jude 1-4, for there are mm. certain men crept in unawares who were before yes. of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly yes. men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness mm. and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Point number two, 1 John 4-1, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try mm. the spirits, whether mm. they are of God, because many false Prophets are gone out into the world. This is what I tell my kids every mm-hmm. day. Mm. Test the spirit. Push back in loving kindness, even with your teachers at school. But if it doesn't feel right in the spirit as a child of God, push back. Bring it to me and your mom. But not every spirit is of God and test it. I'm going to let y'all oh, go. Perfect. Amen. Perfect. Amen. amen. And amen again. You're a great dad. You're a great amen. dad. This is how our kids have to be fortified to be discerning. And to understand what they're up against. Man, thank you so much for that encouragement and sharing that with all of us. Appreciate it. Will the Great, who's next? All right, let's go to Paul. Hi, Paul. Hi. Hello. Go ahead. Um, yes. I'd just like to bring up that uh, uh, everybody wants to say follow the science. So we just make two restrooms and there's no name on them and there's a little DNA scanner in between. And you put your hand up there and a the proper door opens and that's your restroom. That's the science. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Hey. Listen, you know, it's interesting, like, Paul, to the, to the point that you're making, I appreciate your comments today. Thank you so much. It's, it's you know, when anthropologists do their, um, their work in the future, mm-hmm. right, when, when we've got people who do research about cultures, I don't know how many years down the line, you just pick a, a, pick a period, pick a time period, and, you know, they discover the bodies of dead people from this time. Mm-hmm. You know what they're not going to know? They're not going to know that they were trans. <laughs> they're going to find the bones of a woman. Come on. They're going to find the bones of a man, mm-hmm. right? They'll find the bones of a child, a male child. They'll find the bones of a female child because those things are marked by the DNA that God has given to us that man cannot deny. And so all of the conversation that we're having today is a conversation that we are having largely because of our feelings and our thoughts and our cultural moment. It's not based on science. It's not based on evidence. It's amazing. Like we have conversations about what anthropologists have discovered about how cultures lived in other times. And they, and they, they, they find the bones and it's like, it is an adult female. (laughs) It's like, wait, wait, you don't know that. You don't know that it's an adult female. What if it's an adult trans? Because they didn't have that foolishness. Right. Even the men and the women 
who masqueraded and paraded around doing those things that are vile to even speak of. They knew that they were male or female, which for all of our, you know, all of our thoughts about these underdeveloped cultures, my goodness, they really put us to shame, don't they? Because at least they knew what men and women were. And here we are so developed and so progressed and yet denying the truth. This is a spiritual thing. This is to be spiritually understood. Hmm. I am so excited and I celebrate with Rosaria Butterfield that we can tell the truth about who people are and tell the truth about what God has designed. He is worthy that we should tell the truth and be uncomfortable in so doing. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.